This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Well, welcome back to another episode of The Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. I know I say it a lot, but I couldn't be more excited about the future of opportunities that lie ahead for blueberries, including the opportunities for blueberries to play a bigger role on restaurant menus. And that's what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. Today, we're joined by a chef who's truly a champion for including blueberries on a menu, Chef Nate Ware, Vice President of Culinary at Modern Market Eatery. After culinary school, Nate worked in full-service, ingredient-driven restaurants in Boulder and was the sous chef at Salt Bistro, 5280 Magazine's Best New Restaurant in 2009. He joined Modern Market Team in 2011 and is the first chef and corporate employee. Through the 12 years of growing Modern Market brand, he has worn many hats from purchasing and food costs to developing systems for training and operations. Between 2020 and 2023, he has also led Culinary at Lemonade, the trend-setting California fast casual where he completed a full reboot of the colorful, unique menu and handcrafted beverage program. Chef Nate, thank you for joining me on the Business of Blueberries. Pleasure to be here, Casey, and uh, great to see you again. Yeah, great to see you. Look, let's start with a little bit of background. Uh, folks that don't know who you are are going to want to know kind of where you came from. Uh, I know you were born in Haiti. What, what led you to this culinary profession? Yeah, I'm a little shocked to be here sometimes too. Uh, I feel like I have landed into a profession that it just suits me perfectly. And, uh, you know, it <laughs> feels like a, a fortunate accident sometimes, right? Uh, you know, I've always loved cooking. Uh, you mentioned I grew up in Haiti. Uh, that's true. It's a foundational part of my story. I was a missionary kid and lived in Port-au-Prince until I was about 12. Uh, so I, you know, I kind of grew up not necessarily going to restaurants, um, not even, you know, eating like uh, uh, anything that we were buying from the grocery store. My mom cooked everything at home all the way down to the granola that we had for breakfast. Uh, she made the food for the dog, uh, you know, Special treat once a year on Christmas Day, there'd be a wrapped box on the table and it would be a box of Fruit Loops. And that was the one time all year long where we'd have like a, you know, kind of like a commodity product like that. So I, I grew up around the activity of cooking. I always understood where food came from a little bit and had that connection. But after culinary school, I worked for a few years around the kind of farm to table scene in Boulder, an amazing place. This was uh, 2008, 2009. Boulder was really kind of on the forefront of, uh, you know, just reconnecting with good local produce and that whole scene. And, uh, really sparked, I think, a change across kind of American dining, uh, kind of what happened there in the, the late 2000s with, um, you know, uh, just chefs uh, sort of becoming the, that sort of champion, right? Not just for good food, but for local food and for food that you know where it came from and how it was prepared and maybe who grew it, right? Even better. And uh, after doing that for a few years, I, I, I 
applied just randomly to this restaurant, um, which ended up being Modern Market. They just opened their second location. Uh, and I just applied to help consult on a few menu items. And uh, 12 and a half years later, here I am. Uh, so we have 30 restaurants that are spread throughout Colorado, Texas, and Arizona. Uh, we have a current 40-unit development deal. We're going to be opening multiple restaurants over the next few years. So uh, an exciting pace of growth here. And for those who aren't familiar with Modern Market, uh, we are a fast, casual, uh, adjacent <laughs> restaurant. We really pride ourselves on making a ton of our food from scratch, which isn't always the case in fast, casual restaurants. And we have a really broad menu as well, which is kind of unique for a fast, casual. So a really big menu with the goal just being provide something that's like healthy and uh, real food and made from scratch, but it's kind of for everybody. So we're not all organic. Uh, we are not, don't really push the envelope super far. We're not doing like crazy foams or emulsions or stuff like that. It's just really good, solid, recognizable food uh, with hopefully ingredients that we, we feel really good about what we're putting on the plate. So it's been a fun ride. I love what I do. So much of my job is just problem solving and uh, getting better every single day, uh, working with great people. Um, so, uh, you know, again, I, I'm shocked sometimes when I, I take a step back and look at where I've landed and like, man, what a great fit for that marketing degree I thought I wasted. I, I get to put to use uh, doing stuff like this and uh, just found a perfect balance of uh, all the different skill sets that I've acquired through my career. Well, it's really neat to see where you've landed there at Modern Market. It's a very colorful brand. It's got, uh, and I like the vision. The vision is to make real food the standard in fast food. And it's great to have you here on the show to kind of talk through, you know, what what does that mean for blueberries? So, you know, as, as you're looking at that vision to make real food the standard in fast food, you know, you become this advocate for blueberries. You've, you've uh, certainly been focusing, working with us, working with SRG on, on the menuing of blueberries. You know, talk a little bit about, you know, both what that vision means and how you see that translating from your work there and, you know, working with us on blueberries. Yeah, we... Uh Take a mentality that, uh, you know, we want to in some ways serve as a gateway to better eating for people. Um, you know, uh, I, I personally, I love eating like a ton of organic stuff and I'm a bit of a foodie, but that's not where most people are right now. Uh, you know, a, a big swath of this country is still uh, having a McGriddle for breakfast and a Subway foot long for lunch, right? And <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that, but I, I think we'd like to move people a little bit beyond that. And, and there, that's never going to be possible if there aren't a realistic alternative, right? You, you need to have something that uh, it has to be affordable. Uh, it has to be approachable, um, has to be recognizable. But I, I think within that, there's a lot of opportunity to continue to do things that are, are exciting, right? And food that's colorful and vibrant and beautiful and tasty. So, you know, blueberries are a great example of, uh, you know, we, we like to take a, a good fresh ingredient like that and, and try not to overthink it. Uh, it provides a ton of versatility on the menu. Um, it's extremely flexible in the ways that we can use it. Um, guests love it. And best of all, it's extremely good for you too, right? So it really checks all the boxes. You know, I'll say one of the things that's really challenging, I spoke about the breadth of our menu, it's the complexity of it, right? Both from like sourcing all those ingredients to all those recipes. And so uh, anytime we can take a single ingredient and use it in multiple places and use it in multiple ways, uh, that's extremely valuable to us. And uh, that's kind of one of the things that has led me to having blueberries kind of in different iterations and different kind of menu items uh, across our, our, our menu through the years is, uh, you know, once you kind of have that in your painter's palette uh, as a chef to, to draw on, uh, it's amazing where you can fi start finding opportunities like, man, that would be such a beautiful pop of color on this salad, right? Or that would be such an interesting ingredient in this like jam that we're thinking about making. Uh, and so uh, we, we've you know kind of found that uh, once we started putting blueberries at spots on the menu, it's just kind of stuck because they're you know even with the next uh, wave of R and D, uh, it ends up being a, an ingredient we like to draw upon. 
Well, we have a lot more to cover, but first it's time for our crop report. With Chile and Mexico ramping up their shipments and this unprecedented Peruvian harvest, here once again is your blueberry crop report. It's time for your blueberry crop report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today you'll hear from Danielle Bustamante in Peru and Mario Ramirez in Mexico. This was recorded on December 14th, 2023. Hello, this is Daniel with a crop report from Peru until the end of week 49 that ran from December 4th to December 10th. The drop in volume for the Peruvian season until week 49 is 36% less than the same period last season, totaling 347.7 million pounds so far. The US market accounts for 53% of the total shipments, Europe with 29 China with 14, and other markets account for the remaining 4%. The total volume shipped uh, this season, 11% have been organics. During week 49, volumes did not reach the projected volumes for this week by 24%. With shipments of 14.9 million pounds, the Peruvian industry shipped 10% less volume than last week. The US market represented 57% of the shipped volume with 8.5 million pounds, which is 5% less than the volume shipped last week. This volume should be arriving to the US market by the last week of December. The other markets where Peru shipped blueberries to this week were Europe with 32% of the volume, China with 8%, and other destinations 3% of the total volume. This has been the Peruvian Crop Report for week 49. Thank you. Hi everyone, here Mario with the Mexican Blueberries Report for week 49 from December 3rd to December 9th. During week 49, Mexico exported a total volume of 1,081,000 pounds of fresh blueberries worldwide. From this volume, 1,030,000 pounds were exported to the United States and another 51,000 pounds to other destinations, mainly Europe and Asia. 11% of the total volume were organic blueberries. The total exportation volume decreased 8% respecting previous week and is 60% lower comparing with the same week for the previous season. These include organics, the organic volumes, shows a decrease of 71% respecting the same week for the previous season. And for frozen blueberries, this week grown 100%. The volume is 2,200 pounds and it represents 2% of the total United States importation for frozen blueberries. The total volume for all the season at this week is 9,750,973 pounds. This includes fresh volumes, conventional and organic, and frozen blueberries. That's all in my report. Thank you very much and see you next week. Thanks so much to our busy growers and colleagues who take time to participate in these reports. As a reminder, you can go to ushbc.org forward slash data to find our data and insights center to see more about what's happening in our industry. Please join us at ushbc.org forward slash data to check that out. Okay, back to today's conversation with Chef Nate Ware. The ability to use fresh uh, 365 days is not going to be possible in in the way that you're utilizing them here. So, you know, we're 
for sure supportive of you using blueberries in all forms any time of the year, just so that you have access, knowing full well that you know there's a season here domestically that you know accounts for. Uh, those months that our domestic growers are in season and and uh, those, those are always months that are fun to you know rally and support around we have national blueberry month in july and that sort of thing so uh, but at the same time right when you're trying to do a salad that looks uh, as good as yours does and you're wanting to use fresh uh, of course grabbing some of that peruvian fruit and throwing it on the salad Exactly right. And, you know, we try to, so uh, one of our strategies is on our menu description. It actually says seasonal fruit, uh, right? And so we've sort of planned ahead that if there's some supply gaps, we will pivot into some red grapes or something like that. That'll, it'll still taste pretty good on that salad. Uh, but we are finding that the guests are responding really well to the, to having the blueberries on there. And yeah, and, and it's created an opportunity for us to talk about this a little bit, Casey. And, you know, just to peel back the curtain a little bit, uh, you know, Casey and I back in August got to spend a little time together uh, in Washington. Washington State, uh, seeing some blueberry farms and, and meeting with some growers and stuff. And so, um, you know, I was just deeply appreciative for that opportunity because uh, it, it really increased my just understanding of some of the challenges that the blueberry industry is facing and um, just, you know, the push to sort of get that year round uh, something in a, in, a, in a pine container and, and uh, you know, all the work and, and effort that's gone into that. And so we've already been, a, I've done some interviews with our uh, teams and we've uh, started creating some blog posts and some things like that to just sort of talk about blueberries a little bit more. And, um, you know, I think chefs have a, a bit of a role of a kind of a cultural ambassador and and an ambassador for ingredients and, uh, you know, um, the just kind of general public kind of to some extent looks at chefs to, you know, just help, help with that understanding of some of this stuff. And so, um, you know, that's something I take seriously. Right. And so, uh, you know, even if we just talk transparently about, uh, you know, you know, maybe why we don't have blueberries all the way through the winter here, uh, you know, I think that's a good thing. Right. I think that, that it's good for guests to get some of that information and for, you know, for us to, um, you know, talk uh, again openly about, you know, just the, the challenges of the industry. That's that's where we, we want to get is to, you know, just, uh, you know, move the industry along and get people again towards just real whole ingredients. So. Well, and I think it's important, you know, from the natural understanding of how, you know, blueberries come to market, an important talking point of, of that there is a season. And yet, you know, where we see consumers wanting blueberries all year long, clearly, you know, they're not, you know, going to stop eating fresh blueberries because uh, the season's over. Uh, and and the industry's you know seen a lot of success in working with our our country partners in bringing fruit into the United States when our domestic season is no longer uh, an option. So you know it's hard to, as you know, to have something on the menu and then take it off and then try to bring it back again. And so that's not any different with you know consumers, just generally speaking, retail, food service, or otherwise. You know you want to be able to um, for for folks like yourself to give access to that creative palette and be able to provide that beautiful, fresh looking salad that you have here to your customer who's wanting it. And so it's great to see the different aspects. I mean, that uh, blueberry waffle that you have, you know, just looks incredible. And I know it looks like it's a new menu item for you, but I'm sure, you know, given that it, it, it has kind of almost that breakfast aspect or that early day part tradition tied to it, but you've done that spin. And I, I got to imagine that you're getting some great results with people giving you feedback on that. Yeah, it's um, we've we've got a, a ton of positive responses uh, to uh, really across this entire winter menu that we've rolled out. Um, you know, we have a kind of a cadence of doing a couple of menu changes a year, uh, but this one in November was one of the biggest ones we've ever done. And uh, yeah, so uh, you know, it's interesting. I don't want to get too, too off track, but um, you know, I, I'm, maybe I'm curious for your take a little bit on this, Casey. But we're, we're certainly seeing just some changes in guest behaviors as we start to, I think, transcend the pandemic years and find some new new normal. Um, you know, there was a couple of years there where we 
just really felt that people just wanted the familiar, uh, the comforting. Uh, we had never sold so many mashed potatoes and macaroni and cheese as we did in 2021, you know. <laughs> um, and I think that was just uh, – there was so much just, just disruption and upset in other parts of people's lives that, uh, you know, even in their food choices, they were just looking for, I know what this is. Um, and so this menu change in particular for us, we felt like we were able to push the envelope more in terms of flavors and uh, different combinations and, uh, you know, just putting some, some menu items together. I wonder if you're seeing some of that on your end and if you're you know, seeing like uh, some just cool innovation and stuff happening uh, more recently here. Well, I mean, I think we might be a little biased on on what we're seeing or, or maybe our, our point of view on it is that we're always pushing that envelope. And so, you know, people like you who we're working with to help, you know, kind of drive that innovation, um, we're surrounded by it in a way that we're hoping that it catches with more people like yourself and making sure that, you know, uh, the innovation doesn't stop at the breakfast day part, that, you know, there's a lot of applications that, you know, blueberries can continue to participate in, especially in food service. So, I mean, that's part of the reason, you know, your ambassadorship, you're certainly a participation in our uh, blueberry experience tour there in Washington state this year was so important is that it's, it's really exciting to see what folks like yourself can do. So I, I think we are seeing, I mean, there's definitely from our side enthusiasm to get involved with us in these types of projects. Um, but what really matters is where you go with it, right? So when it makes it to a menu or uh, so for you to have gone on the trip in August and then started to, you know, be inspired by November, you know, as part of your menu change. Um, so talk about, you know, you you had indicated that November wasn't normal. This was like the largest, you know, kind of shake up to your menu that you've had. Um, but what 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 is that typically for our audience to understand what what and maybe typical for you, but typical for the industry lead time to make big changes, sweeping changes, you know, for a menu like like at your restaurant? Yeah. You ask any chef and you're going to get different answers to this one. Uh, we, we certainly try to be as nimble as we can. Again, some of, some of that I think is um, that goal of being a modern brand and uh, we want to be ahead of trends, ideally, not behind trends. Uh, I'm extremely fortunate. One of the things that uh, I'm, I'm deeply appreciative for uh, is that I just report to our brand president. And a lot of re- times in restaurants, the chef is actually going to report into marketing. And um, so I'm a little lucky in that sense that I've been given a lot of leeway to sort of grab uh, trends and chase certain directions. And, um, you know, I think that hopefully keeps us, uh, you know, out, out in front. So, uh, you know, the, the cadence of a menu change, it's, oh, there's a lot of moving parts for a restaurant to pull off a menu change, right? Casey's talking about the pictures on the website. I mean, there are three or four planning meetings that go into that before we even get into a photo sh- studio to start taking those pictures, uh, massive amount of work for the supply chain teams. Uh, and then uh, it takes a lot to just train and having all those materials done. And uh, if there's one thing and I've learned in 12 years of doing it, it's that um, no matter how much work you put into it, you're always going to miss something, right? <laughs> like the first time we do a training, I'm always going to get a call from somebody like, hey, did you think about this? I'm like, oh no, shoot, I did not, right? <laughs> so it's, it's impossible to be perfect. And, uh, and what that means is that you, you just have to have great uh, systems of communication communication, right? And uh, and be able to disseminate information as much as possible. So for us, we uh, we work at about a one-year cadence uh, and typically about six months out of a menu change, it starts to get really intense. So we are doing a bunch of R&D right now for a menu that's going to go live uh, probably 
end of April, early May. Um, and then uh, our, our cadence right now is that we do big menu changes twice a year where we'll add as many as six or seven entrees to the menu uh, and maybe replace as many as that as well. Um, sometimes larger, sometimes smaller. Uh, and then as I mentioned earlier, we also do just these little seasonal things all over the menu. So I talked about the fruit. Um, you know, something that we have not done a good job at and that we're going to explore a little bit this year is LTOs. And, um, you know, I think that is when you talk about innovation uh, for a lot of bigger brands, uh, that's where a lot of the innovation occurs. And an LTO is just a limited time offering. Uh, could be anywhere from a couple of weeks if you want to try to be a really viral about it. Uh, to it could run for a, a couple of months. And, uh, the, you know, the idea is to just tell a new story, uh, drive something a little bit um, interesting and um, hopefully increase some traffic with somebody who says, hey, I got to get that while it's here. Again, having already things, tools in the tool belt like blueberries, uh, I think it's going to be a great spot for us to dive into some of that innovation. Um, we have an awesome house made beverage program as well. Uh, we do these cool, really cool house lemonades uh, where we uh, have these giant juicers and we could juice all kinds of things. And uh, so we've been playing around with some different blueberry flavors uh, for that too. Uh, so we want to see if maybe, maybe we can come up with uh, some kind of limited time offering blueberry lemonade, which would probably be what you're talking about, Casey. I, um, maybe like in that kind of peak blueberry season. I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued by the idea of uh, maybe trying to have lemonades that speak to a certain times of year, right? Could we do a Valentine themed lemonade and then a, a bright green lemonade for St. Patrick's Day and a red, white and blue lemonades in, uh, in the summer, uh, stuff like that. So um, yeah, I'm just, I'm kind of excited for this uh, kind of new uh, space to play in with LTOs this year. Well, I know you're familiar with our, our patron study, but I think it'd be interesting to get more of what you're seeing in your, with your patrons. But we know, you know, the study that we did showed that 73% of patrons believe blueberries make a dish more appealing. And I think you're describing like how much work goes into deciding those ingredients. And then of course, what shows up in, you know, photography, marketing, menuing, and what then consumers respond to. And they also say that they're willing to pay more uh, when at least 70% of them say their willingness to pay more, you know, given blueberries being included as a, an ingredient. But I, I'm, I'm wondering what your experience has been, you know, with the ingredients that you've used in the blueberry formats that you have, um, what that response has been, or what have you seen in really menuing them? Uh, and, and what kind of, you know, whether it's, uh, increase in sales because you know it's it's related to these types of you know information that we have that you're able to validate any of these things that we've been able to share with you and other chefs who have seen this patron study yeah uh you know at this point I, it, my data is also more anecdotal than anything that i can like really put a, a finger on right um and uh especially with this menu being a little bit newer uh but what we have is uh we have this uh, really cool software that allows us to capture sort of in the moment uh, feedback from guests um if you order online you can just kind of quickly punch in some feedback uh or uh, if you dine at the restaurant there's a little qr code you can scan and answer a couple quick questions uh trying to put technology to work uh and what I would say is that uh, the, the feedback that has been coming in on these items uh, has been really, really positive. Uh, and we have specifically seen blueberries called out multiple times. I uh, love that they have blueberry. As I mentioned, we've oftentimes done grapes uh, in the past for sort of our seasonal fruit. Uh, and we've had multiple like guests call out like, I love that they're doing blueberries this year, right? Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's so cool. It's one of my favorites. And so there's been, you know, three, four, five of those, um, which I guess that doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, we get, we get a hundred of these reviews. 
So that's a, you know, pretty good that for people to go out of their way and, and to make comments like that. Yeah, and then just one more thing, like the other good piece of feedback that I've gotten is just from our teams, right? Um, so even when we were doing grapes on the salad, uh, there'd be some extra prep steps involved. We, we kind of cut those in half so they're easier to eat. Sometimes you're taking them off the stems, right? Most of the time uh, when we do strawberries, right? The teams have to wash them and take the top off and uh, quarter them, stuff like that. Um, the teams are loving that the blueberries, it's like, we'll give them a quick rinse and let's go, right? <laughs> they, they hold up great. Uh, you know, they're easy to work with. They look beautiful. Um, and, um, the, you know, the product that we've been getting here pretty recently is, is looking really nice. You know, what we do is hard, you know, trying to be a fast, casual brand that makes everything from scratch. There's a reason that's not the not the norm. Uh, and so anytime I can give a little bit to the teams with uh, a little less prep, um, you know, it just makes us even better. Let, let them focus on something else. So they're loving that. Well, talk about like, I mean, this is going to be a good conversation for others to hear in terms of, you know, ideas for themselves. But, you know, you being, you know, one of those folks that we knew we could reach out to and uh, and talk about this subject matter, you know, because you're, you're a really great ambassador for blueberries. But if you're talking to other chefs, you know, what, what are what are you telling them that are the major benefits like the ease of use? You know, what are the things that you're telling, you know, your colleagues that, you know, they should be considering if they're if they're not using blueberries on the menu? Yeah, uh, certainly the ease of use is a really big one. Um, I think like I, I'm finding that uh, our, our teams and our, our guests have a pretty good understanding of uh, blueberry as a healthy ingredient. There certainly seems to carry that health halo with it more so maybe than even some other fruit. Uh, you know, I, I think people are, are kind of seem to have a, de- a good awareness of like the antioxidant properties and stuff that blueberries have. And the other cool thing about blueberries is just, again, it, it's so versatile that it works in sweet, savory applications, uh, works really at everyday part. Um, and the blueberry industry has created some just cool value added products uh, that, uh, you know, I think no matter what kind of restaurant you're running, uh, there's some cool options out there to play with. Right. And so, you know, we've done some R&D around blueberry dressings using, you know, the amazing like 100 percent blueberry juice that you can buy. Uh, when we did the innovation on our tour recently, uh, we played around with powdered blueberries, uh, the freeze-dried blueberries. Um, you know, I've tried a bunch of freeze-dried fruit. Most of it, eh, it loses a little something. The freeze-dried blueberries retain so much of that intense flavor. Uh, and that, that's just such a cool ingredient to play with in a lot of different ways. And then you go, you see blueberries show up in all kinds of other things too, right? From the jams and syrups and honeys and, uh, you know, all this different other kind of value added stuff out there. Those are all ways to get blueberries into your menu, maybe in an unexpected way. For us trying to be a from scratch restaurant, sometimes the way that that works is we, we bring in something that's 90% of the way there and we put the finishing touches on it too, right? So, uh, you know, again, by being able to buy something like an amazing fresh blueberry juice or, or stuff like that, um, you know, can really help us to be able to accomplish our goals as well. Um, so there's lots of benefits. And, um, you know, and once you put that up against the way guests respond to it, right, I, I think it's, you know, just a, a great opportunity for food service to, to you know, continue to um, just work with this cool ingredient. So, so kind of as we wrap up here, I, I'm looking for some, you know, advice on the record, so to speak, from you as we talk about what else is next for Blueberry. So as a chef, what could we be doing as a Blueberry industry, you know, to encourage more experimentation and adoption of our product out there in food service? Yeah, I think a lot of the points that I just made uh, 
that story still is out there to be told, uh, you know, talking about the versatility of the ingredient and how, how easy it is to work with. Um, but I, I think um, I was just so inspired by blueberries as just an American thing, right? And I, I think that's a, a story that that we can move beyond, uh, you know, round and blue and, uh, and just start talking a little bit more about, uh, you know, just how endemic like blueberries are to American culture. Uh, again, guests really, really like them. Um, and so um, th- those, you know, studies show Showing uh, that the, the perception is a premium ingredient, you know some of the anecdotal stuff I shared about the health benefits. I, I think these stories are, are starting to trickle through a little bit, and so you know I, I think it is just encouraging guests to, or not guests maybe, but but chefs um, to, to not be afraid to play with the ingredient. Right? It, it's more than a it's more than a topping for a parfait. Uh, it's way more than that. Right? Uh, you know it's an incredibly versatile ingredient, and um, you know some of the R and D work and stuff that your team is doing is uh, is really cool. And let's not forget about the beautiful color too right like <laughs> right it just looks it looks just sexy with with uh, you know almost anything you put it with uh yeah like blueberry barbecue sauce right perfect example right it actually adds a gorgeous color to a barbecue sauce which is you know not something you normally talk about right um so yeah i, I think that's the direction is uh to encourage you know continue to encourage that uh you know that experimentation and uh you know i've, I've yet to find something that we, we probably can't do with blueberries so well, I appreciate your enthusiasm for it. I mean, this this was a great episode. This is a great conversation, you know, with what you guys have just started to do for your your fall menu. And hopefully, you know, for the audience listening, there's obviously a wide range of folks who listen to our podcast, but the experimentation you've done, the adoption, you know, as quickly as you have uh, really speaks to, you know, what I think you're trying to create there, certainly at Modern Market, but a tribute to your commitment to, you know, Fresh and, and certainly working with us as an organization that's trying to, you know, get the word out about a product that has a lot of runway for innovation and, and ingredient use. So is there anything you'd want to add before I let you go? Uh, greatly appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I would just say that uh, Casey and this team has been amazing. Uh, it's, uh, it's just so refreshing to um, work with people who are so passionate about, uh, you know, something and, and what they do. Uh, you know, as a chef, like I, I love connected to the roots, right? Like I, I think we are at our best where we understand, you know, not just the opportunities, but the challenges, right? The the true work behind the scenes of, uh, you know, again, like I said earlier, where, where food comes from. And there's people listening to this podcast that know way more deeply than I I do uh, the, the you know the trials and tribulations of uh, getting a blueberry to, to market, and uh, you know so it just it, it's inspiring to see uh, what you guys do and the passion for the fruit, um, and uh, you know it's uh, you know honestly an, an honor to get to um, work with these ingredients once I once I get this knowledge because I you know I want to do a good job of representing you know these these stories uh, the, these people that I've met this you know everywhere from the the, the people that are picking it <laughs> to the people that are packing it right it's uh, it's 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 really neat to see these industries. And uh, so, you know, I just hope I can do a good job of, uh, <laughs> you know, translating that uh, excitement and passion that I feel um, into into cool stories for our guests. Well, I appreciate you connecting the dots with our audience today and, and certainly your time, Chef. It was a pleasure to spend our time in Washington together. I'm sure we're going to get together again. Uh, we've got plans to come out to Colorado as well. So I really appreciate your time today and thank you for your support of our industry and for the use of blueberries on your menu. So wishing you and Modern Market the very best and thank you for being on the show today. Well, that's it for episode 158. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries.